pray, friend. Let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Father God, we come to you today with a spirit of gratitude. Thank you so much for allowing me, Christina, and each and every one of our friends to be able to gather here and just come together and have a hallelujah good time today. Yes, Lord. God, we thank you for everything we're doing in our lives. We pray in essence you continue to give us a spirit of humility, a spirit of yes. peace, and, and just gratefulness as we go throughout our lives in the midst of this pandemic. Thank you for keeping each and every one of us healthy. Thank yes, you for Lord. keeping us safe, Lord God. I pray a special prayer upon each and every one of our families, our finances, our jobs, our friendships, Lord God. Everything is just feeling so topsy-turvy and changing, but I know that you are our everlasting peace. You are our everlasting God. And whenever we start to feel anxious or distraught, I just pray and ask that you send us a lovely little reminder to switch our gears back to you. Thank you for the opportunity to, to be able to record this show, and thank you for the partner you've given me as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hands up emoji. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Miss CJ Wade, I know you got something for me, so go on ahead and tell me something good. I've been having this in my pocket, just waiting for you today, sis. (laughs) Just waiting. So, my girl Seven Rich is Mm -hmm. a hip-hop artist, and she is a hip-hop artist that does not hide her faith whatsoever and so not only is she one of the illest female rappers that i personally ever heard of but mm-hmm. i'm so grateful that we go back like babies and pacifiers <laughs> so oh, okay. been knowing her for uh, quite a long time uh, met her right around in high school um we didn't go to the same high school but we met at a christian club that used to be open down in mm. birmingham called zamir's and it was a really cool spot, like a grown and sexy kind of joint. But on the weekends, they would let us have it as kids, basically. And we could okay. just have Christian hip-hop night, um, dance, have um, non-alcoholic drinks. So, yes, your girl was a server, you know, trying to help serve, <laughs> serve the non-alcoholic daiquiris and the chicken wings. Um, always be working. <laughs> um, but we met there and... I just really appreciated her authenticity and her craft. Um, She is also a survivor of sexual abuse. And I appreciate the fact that in healing from that, God really used that to help her help other women that are also survivors. And so I wanted to highlight her as my good news today because she has been dropping some amazing music during the pandemic. Number one, absolutely fire. And then she has just recently dropped a video, a new video, LDLH, which y'all need to check out. Um, You can go to her Instagram. It's seven, the number seven, E-V-E-N-R-I-C-H. So it's seven rich, except for the S is a seven, number seven. So um, if you just look up seven rich, you'll probably flip over to the number seven rich and you'll (laughs) find her. But she's amazing. And what I love about seven is that she is also authentic no matter where she is. Um, It's nothing but good vibes, encouragement, uplift, positivity. Um, And I really appreciate her just being her. So just shout out to you, sis, for just doing what God is calling you to do and not just doing it but doing it well um I see you've been getting a couple shout outs one of them came from the brat she said what's up queen I see you working you know so you know I I love the fact that she is just doing her lane and killing it yeah 
So shout out to you, sis. Love you, bless we'll you. We'll always find success when you mind your business. Okay? Look at him. Your whole business. The one God gave you. <laughs> if you mind mm-hmm. that. <laughs> so be it that we have to mind our business. I know you got some more good business for me to mind. So tell me oh, some good, good news. Oh, <laughs> so 12-year-old British chef Omari McQueen is releasing his first cookbook next year. So what? I found this story and thought it was super duper cute. There's a picture of it on here, and he has, he's just, I mean, he just looks every little bit of 12. He just, I just oh, want to pinch his little cheeks. I see him. Oh my gosh, I just saw him <laughs> on this link. What? Yeah. So Omari became a vegan at age seven, which, first of all, I was like, whoa, because I was still, I mean, I still enjoy meat, but like just to have the discipline. Yeah, to like become a vegan or change your diet when at such a young age, when everyone around you is like eating all the things, you know, like good cheeseburger now. That's that's understandable. (laughs) Just to develop (laughs) some restraint at such a young age was impressive. Um, but he eventually went on to create his own brand called Dipalicious. I just saw that. (laughs) Yeah, there's another cute little part in this picture here because he has on a little apron that says Dipalicious, and it just looks like you know, adorable. (laughs) <laughs> and so he has a YouTube channel as well where he showcases his skills and cooks different recipes like vegan pizza and Caribbean kick dip. Um, uh-uh. And he's going to be expanding his brand by selling a line of dips, including that Caribbean kick dip and a curry flavored dip along with vegan pizza fingers. Go ahead, and sir. And some juices as well. So like. We're always putting out a cookbook, okay? You can find him on the YouTubes, and then you can also be eating his products soon as well. And he's only 12 years old. Girl, we're going to get our life together. Just, I mean, he it, did, you know. It just makes you want to just be like, you know, have I been sleeping for 30 years or something? Why? What has been going on? Because people are finding great success on the YouTubes. Okay? Yes, yes. People are finding great success. I'm just um, amazed at this. Yeah, so his book cookbook is going to be called Omari McQueen's Best Bites Cookbook, and it's going to have over 30 plant-based recipes. And he said, I don't want animals to die or be eaten, so I teach people my age to be vegan. Oh. I mean, like, come on, take up the cross and carry it then, right? Oh, um, he says, I'm excited to announce my first published book will be out in January. Okay, friends, January 2021. Be that's on the lookout. Right, that's right. That's right. Um, and he says, I would like to thank everyone for all of your love, support, and encouragement. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, my heart. Go ahead, Mr. McQueen. Yeah, his book will be out January 2021. So y'all can head over onto YouTube and look up Dipalicious. And you can get some lovely vegan temp- tips from this masterful little 12-year-old chef. See, we got two people that are just doing what God told them to do. Mm-hmm. Pouring into their gifts and talents. And it's showing, you know? Like, it's yeah. it's showing their divine <laughs> impartation. Mm-hmm. All the goodness that they were designed to be in this world, God is just shining his light on them. And I love that he is blessing the work of their hands. So, yeah, Yes, I was going to say that. I love that they're both, um, like, artists this week. You yeah. Know, necessarily not two people that you know went to school and got three degrees ain't nothing wrong with education though um but i love it when people can find success outside of academia yeah yeah it can tend to be like the traditional route but it takes like 
I feel like sometimes it can take an extra scoop of faith True. to jump on out there and do something that's not traditionally conventional. That's something, a career where it's not so stable, where you know, okay, in two weeks, paycheck coming, the next two weeks after that, next two weeks after that. Yeah. Um, so shout out to them. Man, that's awesome. So much good news. You mm-hmm. guys stay tuned. We'll be right back with the bottom line. Hey, friends. We would absolutely love it if you would tell us something good. Did you finally pay off a student loan? Did your edges grow back in? Did your best friend switch to baby daddy cousin graduate with honors and a job offer? Go ahead and tell us all about it so we can share the good news. Send us an email at queensbelightpodcast at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on Instagram. You can find us at queensbelightpc. And we're back, friends. Today, we are getting down to the bottom line of financial stability and your self-worth. How do the two correlate? Mm. Why are they friends? Do they need to be? Hey, but we're going to get down to the bottom of it. Yes, we are. So what led us to this conversation or what made us feel like, you know what, this is worth the whole episode discussion is because one day, CJ Wade and I were chatting about um, and I was just sharing how, so because we're friends, I'm just go ahead and tell y'all like the past few years, I graduated from college from undergrad in 2012. Um, and I just really struggled after that because I have always been a child or a student that just achieves. Yeah. Like I'm on the honor roll. I'm making A's and B's. I'm like getting into the clubs, winning into awards. I am doing all the things. But then when I graduated, I just became like another applicant out here in this big old world competing with everybody else. Listen. And I really struggled <laughs> to find a job, keep a job, and more so like find a job in my field. And that was just like so, I don't know, just debilitating for me. It was like I had this expectation because the whole time I'm in college, people are like, oh, yeah, you're in college. That's the thing you're supposed to be doing. And when you graduate, it's going to put you in such a great position and you're going to get a job making this much more than everybody else. The lies they tell. The lies. And then I graduated and they're like, oh, no, now you need to be humble and take this internship that doesn't pay. (laughs) You need to be willing to go make coffee and, Mm. you know, work for pennies because you just got out here. I'm like, no, uh, give me my things. Right. after a few months and really years, like I spent a lot of years working temporary positions or I would get a job and be the first, you know, it's kind of like last one in, first one laid off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so it just really rocked my self-confidence. It just rocked my world because I realized now in retrospect that I was equating my self-worth to my ability to achieve. Shout out to Stephen Burdick. He said something like that. I may not be verbatim, but he said something like that in the message I listened to yesterday. Um, and my ability to produce. So I'm like, you know, I have spent an astronomical amount of money in loans and gathered all this debt, getting these degrees in education because, you know, I want to work in this area. I want to do these things. And you told me this is what I'd be able to do. So when I wasn't able to hit those um, imagined levels of success, right. I took it and internalized it. It's, oh, well, something must be wrong with me because, of course, shout out to social media. I'm looking at everybody else and their life looks lovely. Right, you know, I'm looking at people who didn't even go to school or who didn't even like seemingly, seemingly now, this was the hater in me at the time, like work as hard, you know, mm, but mm-hmm, they look like mm-hmm. they out here thriving. They look like they're having fun. 
And meanwhile, I'm over here trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. Girl. And so it just made me feel really, really horrible as if I had no purpose. Um, when I got laid off from my first job, I remember I would just spend some days in bed all day, every day. At the time, I didn't realize I was depressed. But I remember so many mornings where, like, the sun would come up. And I would be like, okay, Jasmine, you ain't got nothing to do. And I would just mm -hmm. lay there and be sad mm -hmm. and think about it like all day. Like at the end of the day, I wouldn't have eaten. I wouldn't have gone anywhere. I wouldn't have talked to anybody. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I would get up and like make something to eat. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hold on one second. Okay, that's what I said. He was a little mad. Well, apparently, apparently he said, you do not deserve to have that feeling. And now he drinks water like nothing happened. I mean, my throat would be a little dry too after that. Well, I can't do it like you did, but it was deep. It was very much so. Little, I would be a little parched. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but I would spend all day in the bed and maybe get up in the evenings to take a shower and eat. And just, I mean, it's nighttime now. I might as well just go back to bed. I ain't got nothing to do. Mm -hmm. um, so here we are today, years later, with a bit more wisdom and a friend to help me talk through it here and talk about it with you guys. Um, so we just want to kind of delve into the concept of why we often find ourselves equating our self-worth and our value to our finances, to our bank account and our willing, our ability to produce. I know money is a big um, reflection of like stability, you know, financial yeah. stability. Like if I don't have money, we can be realistic and say, you know, I got bills, I got rent, I got gas and all that stuff. So when I can't do those things, it does make me feel scared and unstable so mm -hmm. how do you what do you think about it cj wade why do you think we equate our salaries or our bank accounts our money to our self-worth man there was so much wrapped up in what you said and i agree i know like i'm all the feels right now because we've already you know discussed this that that's part of my story too mm -hmm. um it's so sad that we equate our financial status i would say first the financial status to our level of self-worth and then mm -hmm. after that the level of stability that we have you know so no one's saying that in these streets you're not supposed to have financial stability but yeah. there's something to be said when the dollar amount is equated to who you are you yeah. know that that to me is the dangerous part we shouldn't correlate those two at all because there are some very happy satisfied people and they are janitors and there are some very happy, satisfied people that are city workers, you know. So it's it's so dangerous to put a dollar sign on your happiness or on your mm -hmm. worth because that's not what Jesus did for us. And mm -hmm. so before I go in that direction, I'm going to rabbit trail back to what you just asked me is why do you think we do that? I think we do that because it makes us look good to other people and we don't want to look bad. We don't want to look yeah. as if we don't have it all together. We don't, don't want to look like a failure. Right. We don't look like we are failing at anything. Um, even though all of us have failed at something. I mean, mm -hmm. even um, Michael Jordan, I was watching The Last Dance. Yes, I know I'm late, but... <laughs> I hadn't watched um, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I finally started watching it. And, you know, even he didn't do well in some areas. And he just annihilated the competition because mm -hmm. he decided to flip the script in his mind to say, okay, I may not have done well in at that time, but you're not going to keep beating me right here at the same issue. So we don't like to look bad. We don't want to look as if we're not perfect. 
And that's so dangerous because none of us are. Mm-hmm. But all of us want to look like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's such a, a misrepresentation of God's grace on our lives. But when it comes to money, we need money to circulate everything we need in our lives in general, unless you're just completely off the grid, right? You know, you're in the forest or something. But in general, you need money to circulate the things that you need and to attach $100,000 to the fact that you are quote unquote successful yeah. versus, okay, now I have $100,000, but if I have to take a pay cut to help my family at their family business, right? Mm-hmm. If I have to leave my corporate job and take a pay cut to help with the family business or to take care of a sick loved one or whatever, then we shouldn't feel like that's a jab on who we are as a person because Jesus thought we were priceless, you know? He thought we were priceless enough to die for with his precious blood. So how dare we say, okay, Lord, you can only love me if I have this amount of money. Like, Mm -hmm. that sounds so ludicrous for us to do it vertically. So then why do we do it horizontally to each other? Mm -hmm. You know, so I've often wondered, and maybe you can help shed some light on this, but I've often wondered why we beat ourselves up so much. You know, if we're all, quote unquote, just hardworking, doing the best we can, and out here just plowing through, then why do we beat ourselves up so much on the things we don't have? It's like, I think part of it is us living in this lovely microwave society, people say. It's mm-hmm. like everything just happens for us so quickly and in such an instant. Yeah. So we take that same expectation to kind of everything we do. Like, I know if I'm trying to open an app and my phone taking a little too long, and by too long, I mean like 10 to 15 seconds, I'm tapping the screen like, hey, <laughs> hey, what's going on? What do you expect from um, And so I think we can look at success kind of like the same way. Like, it's supposed to be coming to me now. Like, yeah. I should be here already. You know, when half the time, you need to stop and, under, and stop and have a little heart check moment. Have you even put in the effort to get the things you're truly desiring? Listen. You know? You may be looking at it like, oh, I can do that. Actually, you might need a little more wisdom. You I may need a little bit more character development. Saying this. So a lot of the things that, like, I realize now, like, a lot of those things I was so sad and weeping about back in 2012. Hallelujah. I have them now. Um, and <laughs> I so was not ready. I so. I chillate. Like, you giving me my current responsibilities then, I probably would have died. Just gave up the ghost. Just poof. Just went away. I could not. I would have crumbled. Because even right now, I'm walking like a baby deer, balancing my full-time job and my creative outlet, my creative passions like this. My podcast, I write. Right. Um, and I'm always telling you and all of your many jobs and interests as well, like, <laughs> I couldn't have handled that back then. But yeah. I felt like I deserved it. And I felt like I needed it. And because I didn't have everything, I felt like it was, I was such a failure. Mm-hmm. And I was a failure to me and my family and the culture and women. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was just putting on all the weight because I'm looking at everything else and everybody else. You know, there are people that look like they have such great success. I mean, they're probably like 50 years old. You know, like there's a Facts. infographic that goes around that um, has different celebrities and the ages 
at which like they began to reach. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like at like twenty something, Oprah was getting fired from a production company or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of times, the success we see came from like decades of effort yes. and learning and like honing their skills and failure. Like Jim Carrey, one of the most highest paid comedians in the world, he used to live in his car. He mm-hmm. used to talk about how he had to eat dog food before. Tyler Perry he used to live in his car. He yep. Used to be homeless. And I can say I've never been homeless. I've never right. Um, so there are some things that I have to look back to with a with the eye of gratitude, you know, like hey, and some stuff also just wasn't for me. Also, that some part. of the things I wanted back then, I realize now I don't even want to do that. <laughs> right. I realize now I ain't even want to do that. I don't even really like that. Um, so also just being humble enough to let God work. Yeah. Um, and let and let Him direct you, but. Um, I think just the notion that everything can happen so quickly and everything appears to be happening so quickly for other people is why we can sometimes put such a great effort and I mean, such a great weight on ourselves when things aren't happening as expeditiously as we'd like. Yeah. And, you know, if we were really for real, for real with ourselves, we just break it all the way down to the lowest common denominator. You really Mm -hmm. don't need a million dollar house friend. Yeah, you know, no, like, you, do you hear me? That's a <laughs> lot of high ceilings that got cobwebs that you got to make sure are clean. That's a lot of air conditioning. So the air conditioning mm-hmm. bills, you know, house insurance, flood insurance, depending on where you are, tornado insurance, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you have to pay with it. So for us to say, if I have this, then that obviously means I am worth more as a person Mm-hmm. Not necessarily your dollar value in terms of how many assets you have worth, yeah. but like your worth as a human being is absolutely ludicrous. It's ridiculous. Do we want to have what we want? Sure. You know, I want to have a, a custom made home and have land and th- there's things I mm-hmm. want. Yes. But the truth of the matter is, if I am getting $400,000 a year, where is that really going? Yeah. You know, really, I just need food, clothing, and shelter. Yeah. So if I keep aspiring to get more dollar signs, thinking that that's going to make me happier, make me more valuable to someone, more respectable to someone, mm-hmm. more attractive to someone, then I am completely lost in the sauce from the beginning. You're making a good point. It makes me, that's what I was thinking of as you're talking here. Who are we trying to prove? our achievements too right who right. are we trying who are we looking at it's like this definer of success you know as you were saying like i'm trying to get this stuff do these things for somebody who who <laughs> is it our friends is it our facebook followers is right. it our co-workers right who which is i think the driver? Is a, which i think is a a stupid point that someone else tried to make they're like well mm-hmm. you know you're doing it for the likes maybe a generation is doing it for the likes but mm-hmm. you do realize at one point social media was not here did not exist and yeah. we still Once had upon a time there was no facebook you hear me no youtube the job title of being an influencer wasn't mm-hmm. there as far as online presence mm-hmm. so what then caused the ambition right yeah. what then caused the greed what then caused the sleepless nights and the overworking We can't blame it all on social media is what I'm Mm -hmm. trying to say. It was there beforehand. And I'm going to go there again. I know, you know, again, we're all family here. 
um, we got to stop doing that when it comes to the dating world, too. Mm. You know, sis and, and bro, if you're, <laughs> if you have this list in your mind that this person has to be making this amount, driving this car, and if he's not driving a black Maserati, and <laughs> it has to have a blue light at the bottom, um, <laughs> Like, all this crazy stuff that's attached to finances. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily, is he financially stable? Does he have a good credit score? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. things that are long-term. But you're looking at the superficial, depreciating assets as a means of him being worthy to marry. Or she being yeah. worthy to marry. That's yeah. so twisted, too. Especially if you still at the drive through at Wendy's. Uh -huh. When you serve in a number three and that's no shade anybody working drive through it's just why is it that someone else has to have the financial perfection and you don't mm -hmm. you know like what's what's up with that <laughs> you know that doesn't make any sense to me on why we put this burden of financial perfection on someone else when we don't have it ourselves yeah yeah, it's just like a, a spirit of abundance. And not like in a healthy way, though. Um, it's not even like, it's not just, do I have enough? You know, like, am I able to pay my bills, take care of myself, eat or whatever? It's like this constant chase for even more. It's like, so even if you do bump up a level or get a pay raise or write a New York Times number one best-selling book and you're doing well, you're always going to want something else. It's always going to be something different. Like if you get this lovely multi-acre property and build your lovely custom home or whatever, you're still going to look out there and be like, hmm, well, maybe I want a pool. That's or, right. Oh, let me like, let me put new curtains up in the living room or let me add marble to this bathroom tub now or something, you know? So yep. it's like you never give yourself an opportunity to rest. It's like a constant chase for more. And it's hard to really develop a spirit of gratitude when you're always looking at what you have is like not enough. And I know that's something that I catch myself doing sometimes. Like so many other things, like I said before, so many other things I have now were things that I was like on my knees praying and crying about yeah. before. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes when I catch myself now being like, oh, God, but I want this. So why don't I have that? have to stop and be like, well, hey, sis, you just got here. You know, yeah. like, yeah, where are you at? You hadn't even been that long, you know, right. like, yeah, you got some things like there are planting seasons, there are plowing seasons, Come on. then there's harvest seasons, like every season ain't harvest or perhaps you're harvesting different things. We always talk about those seasons as if it's just monetarily, mm -hmm. uh, but perhaps you need to be harvesting some discipline. Look at perhaps here. you need to be harvesting some self-love. Perhaps you need to be harvesting respect. Yes. Or it could be, you know, plowing and sowing into your relationships. How do you speak to people? Hmm. Are you taking care of yourself? Are you getting enough sleep? Mm -hmm. um, so it's not just always chasing, like, you know, this notion that I'm not doing well or even I'm not even serving God well if I'm not living abundantly yeah. um, above just so much greater over what I have. Right. And it's not that God won't bless you. It's not that. Um, and I know sometimes we can take that and internalize it too like oh well you know i'm in this financial position because i'm doing something wrong and god don't believe no yeah. maybe you just don't know how to balance your checkbook look at here maybe let's make it real simple going out to eat you know <laughs> at least one or two times a week maybe you need to knock it down if you're just not numbers don't lie that's it 
right. long and right. women lie, men lie. Numbers never lie to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at them numbers and choose to do something differently, don't blame that on God. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Don't yeah. blame that on him not loving you or, you know, I'm just not blessed or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, he asks us to be good stewards of what he gives us. And that means like um, Kevin Hart made a joke one time about like staying in your lane. Like I can't do when I, he was talking about how when he went out with certain friends, they would like be buying bottles. And right. Buying and that. <laughs> you know, I can't do all that. I'm over here. Like I'm just happy to be in the club right now. You know, <laughs> yeah. not saying that he didn't reach his level where he can buy bottles and do whatever he wants to do. Mm-hmm. But at one point in time, he couldn't. And ain't nothing wrong with that. Because at one point that. he probably couldn't even pay to get in the club, you know? So you have to stop and like look back sometimes like, Hey, I know I'm still not where I want to be yet but even realize like once you get to where you want to be today once you get there you're gonna still be looking somewhere else like oh here's goes another goal to achieve now i want to be doing this like so (laughs) yeah give yourself how do you think that we can give ourselves some grace in these moments or in these times when we're striving to like achieve and do our best yeah i think one of the things we can do is stop playing by the world's social clock um in psychology, there's a term called the social clock, and it's the idea that different societies have a certain timeline of when things should happen. So in American mm-hmm. society, you have that in college, you are to, quote unquote, meet your person, possibly, or fall in love with whatever you're going to be doing for a career. Mm-hmm. When you graduate, you're then to get married. If you didn't already get married in college, so you'll get married right after college, then you'll have a child, but you should spend maybe about five years doing your career path, possibly. Then it's quote unquote time to settle down. And then (laughs) you'll have your 2.457 kids. (laughs) Um, And a dog. And a dog. Yep. Got to have a dog and run a couple marathons here or there. Um, Mm -hmm. After that, maybe possibly go back to school get your master's, um, possibly even have a change in career. That's kind of normal. And then after that, your kids are then going to college. So now what are you doing as the second gear of your life, so to speak? And somewhere along the line, fast forward, then you're supposed to have this absolutely fantastic retirement where you're mm-hmm. going jet skis, uh down to Maldives or something like yeah buy an RV and travel to all 50 states yes and so in American culture we have this timeline that things are supposed to happen in and -hmm. it creates a sense of stress and a spirit a horrible spirit of comparison because Mm -hmm. now if I don't have this and I am age whatever I'm behind so we Mm -hmm. have this idea of oh no I gotta hurry up well Mm -hmm. according to who who told yeah. you to hurry up? Ooh. Did God tell you to hurry Ooh, up? Though. Like, where where is this coming from? So, number one, we got to dump the social clock, you know, mentality that this is the way I'm supposed to do it and the time I'm supposed to do it. And if I don't, something's wrong. You know, yeah. there are some people that didn't have children until they were 40. Then there were some that had children while they were in high school. Mm-hmm. Then you had some that they knew what they wanted to do at an early age. And now they're doing it in their career path. You have some Mm -hmm. that they're like, you know what? I am just now feeling like I am in my stride and I'm 55. You know, so 
it's easy to look at our mentors and sometimes forget that they had humble beginnings. Um, they had a start somewhere or they were learning and they were learning something. So yeah. they didn't come straight out the cracker jack box and say, oh, I automatically am a public speaker, a, mm -hmm. a personal trainer like Angela Davis in terms of being a fitness uh, guru. And mm -hmm. um, there's so many people that we look up to and it's like, oh, they're there. But you do realize they were not there at one point and you don't know what yeah. their social clock was. So yeah. then... Number two, we got to remember that sometimes things happen to us, not because of us. So Ooh. if something happened to you, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's your fault. It means now you have a challenge that you either need to jump over like a hurdle or you need to go through like a tunnel. It's one yeah. of the two. And so those challenges are not designed to make you feel as though you're in the wrong, you're on the wrong track. Mm -hmm. that's not the same thing as something that happened because of you you know when we talk about this often how we were both laid off that whole last hired first fired thing mm -hmm. and in my mind I'm thinking but I do my job well though <laughs> you know yeah, hello. if this person was hired before me but she sucks like you know, mm -hmm. that's really what you're thinking and well at least in some states that's a a norm the last hired first fired thing but mm -hmm. in terms of the self-worth that's a huge jab especially mm -hmm. if you're coming straight out of school or let's pretend like you've been in a career and then you changed your mind so you changed mm -hmm. lanes i worked with adults in adult education and a lot of them were just changing careers they may have been working somewhere for 15 20 years and now they want to go to nursing school they want to learn how to do electronics um, whatever it may be, um, HVAC, plumbing, mm -hmm. whatever it was, um, me a truck driver, they're changing gears. And so yeah. even that can create a crack in self-worth, you know, that I used to work at the sixth floor making this yeah. and had my office and was able to afford trips and things like that. And now even the circle that I hang with, mm -hmm. I can't even hang with them like I want to because yep. now I'm making this amount. And I remember being in grad school and I'll never forget, I was in my room, I was in the office of, in, in the house I was living in and I was mm -hmm. in the office and I was working on a paper and I'll never forget, I had a phone call asking if I wanted to go to Essence. And hey. I don't know what it was about that year, but I'd had like four different opportunities to go to Essence and each one of them, I could not do it because of my grad school load. And mm -hmm. I wasn't working. I was in grad school full time. And so I really was watching the coins. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm working on my paper feverishly, just trying to make sure I can get everything right. And I get this call asking if I want to go to Essence. And they're like, oh, it's only going to cost this amount. And I'm thinking right. Essence is like next week. You know, I know you want to have one more person in your room to split the cost with, but you didn't even think about the sensitivity that would make me feel because mm -hmm. I'm in graduate school, not working. Do you think I have an extra $500 just kind of right. sitting around right now? I no. have nothing. Say it again for the people in the back. Um, I have nothing. <laughs> so I felt some kind of way when I got off the phone. I ain't gonna lie. I felt some kind of way because I was like, did you really just call me to ask me? 
And then not even ask me like, hey, do you want to go? We can try to help. No, you just like, come on. It's only, it's only, excuse you and all of your tomfoolery on my phone right now. Yeah. And I felt like the invitations to certain things stopped because I now couldn't just float the cash because I had more expendable income when I was in Mm -hmm. college because of I was because of my work schedule. So I was working a whole lot. I was getting paid every week. I was not necessarily balling out of control, but I was paying for school out of pocket and because of how I got paid and I was working my internship in the summer and so forth and so on, Mm -hmm. I just really had a lot more money to do other things than I had later on. You know, like a lot of us did. So what got me was that now you don't even see me as a friend Mm -hmm. to me. That's how I look at it. You didn't even see me as a friend. You didn't acknowledge that... I am in this season, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you just stop calling. Mm-hmm. You stop inviting me to lunch. It was fine as long mm-hmm. as I was paying for lunch. But you stop inviting me to lunch. You mm-hmm. stop inviting me to, to the road trip, to the game night or whatever. You stop inviting yeah. me to things that in your mind, oh, well, okay, well, she ain't really, you know, she's not in the same basically financial bracket that we're in. Well, that don't Mm -hmm. mean I'm not human anymore. I still want to have fun. I mean, how much does a game night cost? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We're going over there playing Uno and Monopoly. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, whatever. But in, in social constructs, people normally hang with a lot of people that are in the same financial bracket as them. Yep. And so that leads me to my next thing (laughs) is that we have a culture that marries finance to self-worth. You know, we have a culture that says, oh, well, if you're here, then that means that we are alike. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of shysty. Well, I don't know a lot of shysty people. Let me stop saying that. But I know (laughs) I've read like in terms of articles and stuff, you know, I've, Mm -hmm. I've, I know of a lot of shysty people that have committed so much white collar crime and you're sitting there going okay just because you have a whole bunch of money does not mean that you are like-minded yep even just the idea of having this definition of white collar crime and blue collar crime yes it's the same crime i think people may commit it for different reasons like some people may break into a car because they need the money that may come from selling this radio Mm -hmm. other people do it simply because they're bored that's it Simply because they can, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. people steal things for fun and excitement and the thrill, that rush of adrenaline. Yeah. People steal things for need. Yeah, that's right. I love the movie Good Deeds, a Tyler Perry movie. Have you ever seen mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Yep. And I love that movie because it captures the financial disparity that happens mm-hmm. all the time. And if you watch the movie as a microcosm of American culture, then it will make a lot more sense as to why we equate ourselves to our salaries. Because mm-hmm. here you had this man who owned a company, a very successful company, mm-hmm. but the employee, the cleaning staff, was simply not making enough money to sustain themselves. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, they're moving and shaking upstairs. And he didn't even know. Yeah. He had no clue. You know, so when she was like, how much is a gallon of milk? And he was just, like whatever she's like that's my point sir yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you don't know because you don't even buy your own milk, you know. Mm. So um, I think that we don't pay attention to the reiteration of self-worth and finance as being marital soulmates, but they're really dysfunctional marital soulmates. They don't belong <laughs> together. They do not belong together. Um, this idea of if I'm a Christian, that means that I should have all the things put together and it should all be yeah. already be perfect. It should be wonderfully tied in a bow. And because I pay my tithe, that means that I have more than enough. Well, that, that, okay, well, here's the thing about that. You <laughs> are paying your tithe out of obedience and faith, right? Which that's what mm -hmm. we're doing. We're saying, Lord, and gratitude. You know, Lord, I thank you for giving me this, and I appreciate this. And out of my appreciation and my faith to you, that you will supply me with more, and also out of honor that you have given me what you've given me here is 10 percent. that's essentially yep. what we're doing here in a modernized culture when i get into the history of the tithe you can read all about that in your own bible however mm -hmm. when we think about it from a faith perspective in our minds we say okay if i do this and that means i should get this and that goes back to what yep. you're saying a while back when you said we want things now we want things now. Mm -hmm. So then if I quote unquote, if I pay my tithe and I say quote unquote, cause not everybody pays tithes for the same reasons. So if I pay my tithe, well then God, what my stuff? Okay. And last time I checked, God is not your sugar daddy. Mm -hmm. And our faith doesn't work like a lottery system. That's not how this and goes. And he knows your heart. It's yes. not just, are you doing the things? It's what your intention behind it. Like the scripture says, he loves a cheerful giver. So as you're That's saying, right. like, why are you paying these tithes? You know, you can fool the ushers with a collection plate, mm -hmm. but you can't fool God. You sure can't. And even though you may have a lot of money, and this is not to berate people that have a lot of money. Because mm -hmm. if you do have wealth, hey, have your wealth. You know, hopefully in Jesus name, you have wealth and you are mentally sound. You know, you're you're yeah. happy with the wealth is what I'm trying to say. You're not depressed with it because that can mm -hmm. come along with it, too. It can be mm -hmm. more of a burden. More but money it, brings more responsibilities as well. Yes, that happens to celebrities, athletes all the time. You know, mm -hmm. they have the money. Now, all of a sudden, they have to pay for everybody's mortgage and their food and their child care mm -hmm. and the college and stuff. So. You know, I totally get it in terms of you having wealth and that bringing more responsibility. I'm talking about people that are acquiring money or almost kind of got this hustle mode mentality, too. And it's because they Check really do not, <laughs> they, cause they do not have enough self-worth. They haven't allowed God to go in and actually carve out that root that is saying, hey, mm. you do realize if you were broke. I would still love you. You do mm -hmm. realize that my love for you has nothing to do with your pay card. It has mm -hmm. to do with what I paid for you. I mm -hmm. loved you enough to send my son down to die for you. So even if you don't have the house in Greystone, or even if you don't have the job in California, I still mm -hmm. love you as a person. As the song says, you were worth saving. Yeah, you know, you were worth saving and that had nothing to do with the dollar amount. Um, and I think if we are doing our best 
out here in these streets, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then we need to give ourselves enough grace to let God love on us, regardless yeah. of the dollar amount. So that leads me to one of my pet peeves, actually, which is tipping and the minimum wage culture, mm-hmm. because I believe it does set a false sense of worth on different people that if you are a service-based worker you work at a restaurant and you are a server you're a cashier you maybe work in retail um or if you're a cosmetologist Mm -hmm. um you know you're a service-based industry that you are to receive only a certain amount and then quote unquote your salary (laughs) because i say big air quotes there your Mm -hmm. salary is then made up by your tips Yep. And that mentality of even having that as a norm is backwards because the history of tipping really comes from something that's negative. You would tip someone for them to do something that they weren't supposed to be doing for you. So Ah. if you were at a restaurant and that you were they were talking about some business that was under the table, Uh the tip would be for you to keep your mouth shut. Mm. you know or the tip would be for you to give them extra whatever i didn't Um, know that yeah so the tip wasn't originally meant to be like oh you're so amazing here's more money it was meant to be more like a bribe and of course as history moved forward we began to tip as a form of oh you did a good job here's a tip well here's the problem i have with that if we want to close you know, the the wealth gap and help out disenfranchised communities and things of that nature, then Mm -hmm. we should consider having a minimum wage that should help people live with minimal means. Definitely. At least, you know, we should at least have enough minimum wage to say, here is an apartment, (laughs) Mm -hmm. here is enough money for food, here Mm -hmm. is enough money for childcare, education or whatnot and you're not making a thousand dollars a month Mm -hmm. that's crazy i mean when was the last time that someone has lived off of seven dollars and 75 cents an hour and they're not working 40 hours a week to even get that as a supplement then on top of that if you are working as someone who gets a tip in a service-based industry you're only allowed to make between $2 and 13 cents an hour, I think. Yes. So like maybe $3 ish. Mm-hmm. Right. So who's going to live off of $2 and 13 cents an hour? Mm-hmm. So let's say it's football season because we're in the South here. So mm-hmm. football season, you have a whole lot of sports bars, games going on, and you may get a whole lot of tips then, especially mm-hmm. if you work at a place that sells alcohol. Yeah. But especially now in COVID-19, what happens when you don't have a sporting event? What Mm -hmm. happens when you're not able to get extra tips and get an extra Mm -hmm. table? This idea that if I just do this, I can get enough to get by. And Mm -hmm. then we treat those people as if they're second-class citizens. We don't treat them as people that have self-worth because we are in our khakis and our polos and you're serving me my tea you know and so that doesn't that doesn't help that that perpetuates the toxicity of finance and self-worth being attached because now i don't see you as a person as a human i see you as someone that is inferior Mm -hmm. i see you as someone that 
doesn't have as much as I have. I see you as someone who is supposed to serve me a certain way and I can look down on you because you are working as a cashier. You're working as a sales associate. You're working as a driver. You're working as X, Y, and Z and you are not like me. So therefore now, since you're not like me, I don't have to love my neighbor as myself. Oh, come on, bring it back around. And that's the part that for me as a faith walker, oh, it burns my biscuits because we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. And if my neighbor is human, like I'm human, Mm -hmm. if Jesus died for my neighbor, (laughs) like he died for For me, my good, Mm -hmm. dusty, dirty self, (laughs) suit on or not, Mm -hmm. then there's no way in the world I can go to bed at night knowing that you are making $3 an hour and I'm making 50 mm-hmm. That's not treating my neighbor as myself. Now, if it's someone not. is just lazy, that's different. Because even the word talks about how a lazy person don't need to eat. So we, we get that part. I'm talking about hardworking people that are going out there every day doing their best and they are being mm-hmm. treated substandard. Mm -hmm. All because of the amount that they make, not because of their work ethic, the amount that they make. It's ridiculous. No one should have to have a salary that is 90% supported by tips. It's not realistic. It's not sustainable, especially when you look at people. That's not health. That doesn't include health insurance. A lot of times those people may have kids or just that's not even worth gas money to come to work. Honestly, it's like you're living your life, living on a prayer, praying somebody comes in and not only do do they just come in, um, but they're going to tip and then they're going to tip something well. And then I remember um, I worked as a as a hostess at Mellow Mushroom in high school and we would have tip outs. So like you don't even get to keep all of your tips. What is a Um, tip out? Tip out. So, like, at the end of the week, it was like, I don't know how it was calculated, but the hostesses got a piece of the tips that were collected that week. And I think a part of it went to, like, the cooking crew. Oh, wow. So, it was like tip outs. You had so to I share don't know the what tips. Percentage, but I know I would get a portion of whatever everybody's tips was for the wow. week. Now, my little young self, I was like, oh, wait, extra money. Um, but I was already making minimum wage wow. and the servers of what was like we were just saying weren't. So as I got older and I learned that this was not a common thing, I was like, what in the world? Oh my goodness. And, yeah. and so I remember a lot of them were, as you were saying, like a lot of them were grad students. Yeah. Um, a lot of them were just young parents or a lot of them who were just really passionate about what they were doing. Like there are people who truly enjoy serving and yeah. interacting with customers and getting to know people. A lot of the chefs back there in the kitchen, they really loved cooking. Right. They enjoyed what they did. So, like, there's no shame on them for following their passion, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, my when goodness. I wouldn't know out. what to do. if <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. I, like, what tip out. I didn't question it. I was just 15. I didn't question it, but I was like, oh, that's great. My money. I'd be like, but I'm going to tip out with my money. It was. <laughs> I'm just saying. But I remember now I understand why they would always be like so aggressive or angry sometimes if their section wouldn't get sick. Like I would just be like, they asked for the booth over there though. But to them, I got bills to, you know, like I got stuff to pay for. I got tuition due. I got to buy a book or whatever it is. Yeah. Now I understand. Ooh, child. I wouldn't know what to do. I think Mm -hmm. part of the reason 
why I believe, and I again, I hate that the actual disease of COVID-19 is here and has taken lives. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely believe that it was the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. I believe that it unveiled a lot of those financial disparities that we knew were there but mm-hmm. didn't realize was so poignant at any given time that the bottom could fall out. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that debt is a huge issue and it can be attributed to self-worth. So if you have a lot of debt that can create depression, that yeah. can create a sense of I'm not good enough. And some debt, again, is by your own hand. You have to go and call it. You swipe mm-hmm. the card, sis. You know, you were trying to live a lie, essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. And in the words of uh, Pastor Keith Battle, debt can lead to dishonesty um, because it lingers. And so it's it's a dishonest thing because you can try to hide it. And now you're really in a deeper hole than what you were in. And Mm -hmm. then you try to swipe the cards (laughs) <laughs> to try to keep up with the, I hate to say it's Joneses, but <laughs> you had to keep up with, with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so now you're being dishonest with who you are as a person. Like you are yep. not all the things. You don't wear Dapper Dan every day, okay? You don't. <laughs> so why are you lying, not just to the world, but lying to yourself? Yeah. Why are you buying a car that's outside of your price range? just so you can ride around and get some notoriety. Why are you wearing shoes? You've got red bottoms, but you also are in the red. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and debt, as, again, uh, Pastor Keith Battle of Zion Church, I'm sorry, I don't think I mentioned where he's from, but Shout he's out. the uh, pastor of Zion Church in Landover, Maryland. And um, you guys check out his series, Cash Apps, on zionchurch.org slash cash apps and that's A-P-P-S so put the S on there um, mm-hmm. but one of the things that he also says is that debt is a discipline problem and cool. so it exposes your discipline issue and if you're not willing to allow God to shine that big old flashlight <laughs> and, and be like hey what are you doing down there then you will yeah. constantly have your self-worth in question because mm-hmm. now you are perpetuating somebody that you're not yeah you know excuse me the truth of the matter is if you can't pay for it outright then you don't have the money to pay for it and yeah then, jay-z said if you can't buy it twice you'll need to buy it look in here and then credit wise yes you do have to build credit to Mm -hmm. Uh, work around this world but really all credit is is character that's really all it is Mm -hmm. and so just make sure you have good character with your money and you'll be okay so do you have to go and get a credit card with a thousand dollar credit limit and then when they reduce the limit now you mad no because they're not going to keep the limit up if you're not using it so then they're going Mm -hmm. to keep raising it if you keep using it or to bait you to keep using it. So then here you go. You mad because, and this happened to me before, you upset <laughs> because they lower your your uh, limit. Uh-huh. 
because of inactivity, I just wasn't using mm-hmm. the card anymore. I'd already paid it off. And they called. <laughs> well, I called them. And I was like, what you mean? I don't have but this amount. That don't make any sense. So it was like over a $1,000 limit on it. And then all of a sudden it was 500 and I was like, what? I didn't do anything. Yeah. And the the absolute asinine thought process I had was, how dare you take away my money? This is mine. God, this is not your money to begin with. <laughs> Let's start there. Um, so I called them and, you know, let them know I appreciate that. And I was a long-term customer. And how dare you take down my limit? And I'm going to show you. I'm going to use my card. And you better raise my limit back up. And all the neck action and the eye rolls and everything <laughs> else. And now I look back on that. I was like, you a big dummy. Why would you sit <laughs> up there <laughs> and just tell <laughs> off the people about money that is not yours anyway? Mm-hmm. It's not yours. Mm-hmm. It's money that they are lending to you. That's a lent amount of money <laughs> that is not your money. Okay, so do the deep dive. You know, do the deep dive search about not just what you're making, but the discipline and the mindset behind what you're making. Are you yeah. doing the thing because you are scared you won't have enough? That was something I battled with. I battled with mm-hmm. a fear of scarcity of money that I wouldn't have enough money. So therefore I had to keep working to make sure I had enough. And mm-hmm. the truth of the matter was what was going to be ever be enough. Right. So right. I kept trying to just work my self-worth like what you said your uh, worth was in your achievements that you heard from pastor mm-hmm. Stephen Furtick and that was such a hamster wheel that mm-hmm. I had to get out of it's exhausting it's so exhausting and then so what if my friends that work and in corporate America can buy this mm-hmm. so like so what again who am I comparing myself to God mm-hmm. <laughs> God allowed me to be born out of one body I was mm-hmm. not born out of four bodies. I was born out of one body, one woman. Yep. And therefore, <laughs> in this singular body, I do not have to be in competition with anybody in my finances. As long as yeah. I'm financially sound and financially stable, that should all be the form of stewardship that God is requiring, which it is. You know, mm-hmm. he's just requiring that what you got you're being a good steward over it. That's why I mm-hmm. love the parable of the talents. It's one of my favorite parables because uh, yeah. every last one of them, even though they had different amounts, they had the same opportunity. Yep. The same opportunity. All the Lord asked them to do was to be a good steward over the amount that they had. And mm-hmm. even though they didn't have diff- they had different amounts, each one of them had the opportunity to double their amount. Didn't matter what the start point was, they all had the same opportunity to double it, but only two out of the three did. And that's something that always sticks with me. It's like, Mm -hmm. Lord, whatever it is you give me, I just have to do right by it. It's just like this body. I got to do right by this body. I got to do right by my finances. And that is a form of self-respect and self-love. So I don't have to have anybody put me on a financial diet. I don't have a discipline problem when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. I have a financial diet that I know I'm on. And so when I'm on that financial diet in terms of certain things I want, like right now I'm on a real big debt grind. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to just completely annihilate some of the debt that happened to me, not mm-hmm. because of me, 
um so it was medical related debt and so i'm like okay no problem you know let's let's work this down um yeah. and i'm in that mindset well yeah that means i may need to have a side job here or i gotta you yeah. know do something a little different but it's a grind mode that i don't have to live in it's just a temporary yeah. mode it's a temporary switch and then i yeah. can throttle down once that is taken care of you know so I believe that we marry finances and self-worth to kind of wrap this up in a bow, I guess. (laughs) But I believe we combine finances with self-worth because we don't have self-worth. If we had self-worth, then we wouldn't attach it to anything else because it would be autonomous. It would be all-inclusive. How do we develop self-worth or what should our self-worth be rooted in then? It should be rooted in the love that God has for us and that if he thought well enough of us to not just let us be born here, but mm-hmm. to let us be creative in this space, because all of us mm-hmm. can produce something. I remember hearing you say that sometimes self-worth is wrapped up in how much you can produce. Mm-hmm. And I'm th- thinking about the fruit of the spirit and how trees produce Right. You know, Mm -hmm. fruits also produce. They have seeds inside of them. Mm -hmm. And so they produce as well. And so if we remember that God created us to produce and he loved us enough to put seeds inside of us without having a job, Mm -hmm. without going to the three different colleges, Mm -hmm. when we were born, we were born with seeds. We were already born with seeds that could produce. We were already born with musical capabilities, with analytical, logistical minds, with creative ideas, with tactical skills. We were already born with seeds. And Mm -hmm. all we are here to do is to be a good steward over what we were born with. Everything else that we acquire is just to help that purpose and to supplement that, Mm -hmm. not to replace it. So if you get a $100,000 If you get a $100,000 salary, that Mm -hmm. does not replace the seeds that God already had in you when you were born. It's meant to supplement the seeds that you had in you. You, you, Does that make sense? Like, it's not meant to replace it. And so we remember that when I was born, I was already dope. When I was Mm -hmm. born, I was already the apple of God's eye. When I was born, I already had purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. Anything financial is just going to enhance what I already got. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's the definition of stewardship in regards to self-worth and finances and how they work together. Therefore, now I'm not just working for money. I'm working for purpose. And God bless the work of my hands. Mm -hmm. And then the finances help to supplement the purpose and calling of my life. So mm-hmm. now the $100,000 salary that I may be getting, or even the, the $30,000 salary I may be getting, I can still take $100 of that and buy some toiletries for the homeless. Or I can yeah. still take $20 and put it aside to save. I can still take $5 and say, okay, these $5 a week, I'm not going to touch it. You know, whatever the amount is, it's only supposed to supplement the seed that is inside of us. It's not designed to replace the seed. And I believe that God is going to 
call us out on that? Did you just acquire money just to have money? Or did you do what I told you to do with the money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And it's nothing wrong with being wealthy. Goodness, I want to be wealthy. Well, I already told okay, y'all definitely on what the I to- want. To-do list. I will be stopping <laughs> by that place. I already told y'all what I want. I want a driver and I want to have a housekeeper. <laughs> Those are the yes, two. Honey, I want to never wash a dish or fold a <laughs> piece of laundry again. Those are the two things. So those that that's it. The driver oh, and a housekeeper. Okay? I would like a chef and a housekeeper. See, we we have what we want now. And oh. God loves to hear our aspirations and our desires. And I believe because we have good intentions, we will be good stewards over the finances and things like that, that he will give us the desires of our heart because now we desire what he desires and he desires to love on his people. He desires his people to come to him and he wants that love to continue horizontally, not just vertically. So therefore Mm -hmm. I have to now see you as my neighbor and as someone that I need to love on like I love myself, not someone that is beneath me or above me. And I think the more we remember that we were born with seeds, we were born mm-hmm. with purpose already, mm-hmm. and everything else is just to enhance the journey of that purpose, mm-hmm. then now the money is just a currency at that point. It's literally yeah. a currency. It's just a current. It's just a vehicle. It's just a sailboat that gets from point A to point B instead of being the navigator. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that, girl. Seems like you done wrapped it, dapped it up, honey. I think that was a bow. I think that was a bow. I can't say nothing, but mm-hmm, mm, yeah. Mm. I feel like Willow Smith at Red Table Talk. Mm. <laughs> right, right. She does such hearty mms. She does. Yeah. She's really hearty Yeah, just be soulful. <laughs> Amen. Well, you guys stay right here. Do not touch those buttons. We'll be right, right back with the crown check and you don't want to miss it. You don't. Hi, CJ Wade here. Did you know that Queens Be Like podcast is on Facebook and Instagram? Our handle on both places, it's Queens Be Like PC. That's P as in pod, C as in cast. Look forward to seeing you there. But in the meantime, don't move. The show's coming back on. Queendom, we are back for our crown check. And this crown check is coming from Psalm number 139, verses 13 and 14. Okay. It reads, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Mm. What you just missed, Quinkdom, was an additional conversation during the break that B. Jasmine T. and I had about self-worth. And I admonish you to just be in a quiet place at some point this week mm. so that way you can remember how emphatically exceptional you are. So you can remember that you have the fingerprints of God all over you and all over your life. And so no matter what your bank account looks like, no matter what type of job you're working in, I don't care if you are cleaning floors right now or if you are staying up because you are the boss 
and you're trying to figure out the best way to take care of your employees. It mm-hmm. shouldn't matter. At the end of the day, you have been fashioned by an incredible God and you are already born with everything that you need in order to facilitate your purpose. Every mm-hmm. single thing. So when this Psalm reads about how you were knit together in your mother's womb, that's how exceptional you already were. Point blank, period. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and that does not include a dollar sign. Mm. You are already absolutely priceless before you were born. No contingencies. No contingencies at all. So with that knowledge, with that truth, with that valuable piece of information, you have to walk with your head up high this week. You have to straighten your crown or tilt it if you feel a little gangster this week. That's cool. Come on with the tilt. <laughs> you have to walk with that truth in your chest and say, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Mm-hmm. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That's confidence. That is so much confidence that you can do anything because of how God made you. So if you got stretch marks, if you got moles, if you got scars, if you had a double mastectomy, if you have a lot of hair, if you have no hair, if you have lost your hair due to cancer, if you have lost your leg because you're a veteran, doesn't matter. You were created by an incredible God to do incredible things. And that has nothing to do with your bank account. Anything Mm -hmm. dealing with money is only meant to enhance the purpose that is already inside of you. And our prayer here at the Queendom is that you remember Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14, that you were created and knit together and you were fearfully and wonderfully made and that his work in you is wonderful and you know that full well amen 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 yes and don't forget if there's a question you need a little bit of advice on or a situation that's kind of got you confused email us at queensbelightpodcast at gmail.com so we can give you a little insight and you can also check us out on social media at Queens Be Like PC. And if you can't remember that, just Google Queens Be Like Podcast and you will find us. Thanks for tuning in to today's show, guys. Yes. Um, and remember, chins lifted. Crowns up. Bye, Bye friends. friends.